Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. All right. Hey, welcome to Liquid, everybody. I know you're wondering what's in the box. Um, All our campuses, uh, welcome if you're watching online. Here's what I want to do. Listen. Each campus, I'm going to ask you to make some noise with your box. But wait, I wanted to have a little competition, all right? So Morristown, on the count of three, we're going to shake your box. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, Motown! That's it. Oh, stop it. Come on, man. Oh, you're going to be more of that. I love it. A little Pentecostal crowd. All right. New Brunswick, are you ready? You're going to have to make some noise. We're going to hear you up here, all right? Ready? New Brunswick, one, two, three. Shake your box. New Brunswick, oh, there's some New Brunswick people. More, a little bit more. I can't hear you, New Brunswick. Now, ready for Nutley? Nutley is in Essex County. They're a little bit hip-hop, a little gangsta. They may do a little shake it, shake it, shake it. Ready? One, two, three, Nutley. Shake your box, shake your box. All right, now here it's stop, everybody. Now here's what we're going to do. Today, we have to all our campuses welcome a brand new group of people. So on three, we're about to welcome our fourth campus liquid mountainside make noise we're glad you guys are here it's here the grand opening welcome we're glad you're here and joining our liquid church family we're thrilled to open our new campus in central jersey and um here's the deal we're, we're excited because this is a perfect moment for you to join us because god box is a one-month prayer challenge but to understand what i mean by that i need to tell you a story first I've been planning a series on prayer for actually over a year now, and uh, I thought this fall is a perfect time to kind of kick off a church-wide campaign, and that's what Godbox is about. But the idea came from a book I read this summer by a woman named Mary Lou Quinlan, um, who lives in New York City, and she was about in her 40s or 50s when her mother passed away at actually an early age, and uh, she was heartbroken. Her and her mom, Mary Lou, they had a very close connection, and so she was cleaning out her parents' home. You know, it's kind of a sad thing, your child at home, and she's boxing everything up, taking their clothes and putting them down. She's going through her mother's closet. When she reaches back into the very edge, the back of her mother's closet, and feels this box, and she pulls this box down. She says, what's in it? I actually didn't make any noise. And she opened up the box, and what was inside were hundreds and hundreds of tiny little notes folded up. What were these? She's never seen these before. And so she began opening them, and they were everything from post-it notes to napkins to business cards on which her mother had scrawled, Dear God, I pray for a husband for my daughter, Mary Lou, 25 years before. Dear God, I pray for my, our cousin's Phil, his, his battle with cancer. Dear God, Mary Lou's married, and they're having a hard time conceiving a child. I pray for her infertility. Hundreds and hundreds of prayers spanning the last 20 years of her life. Every little thing, every little tidbit, every little molehill, every mountain, when she had a request, she would write out a prayer of two or three sentences and put it in her God box and put it up on the shelf. And Mary Lou was surprised. She said, I had no idea all this was going on in my mother's life. So she reaches in the back of the closet, and guess what? There's another box and another box. And another box. And another box. All told, there are 10 God boxes filled with thousands of prayers that her mother had prayed over the previous decades. And from that, she was able to piece together a spiritual history of her mother's life. And that was incredible to me because I thought about that. You know, she, she looked through them and she said what was amazing was the, the types of prayers she prayed. 
because she prayed everything from, Lord, I'm doing a new kitchen renovation. I need to know what kind of tile, uh, you know, we put in here. All the way to I pray for a job for my, my son who's been jobless. He's been unemployment for a while. I pray for a cure to the blood cancer that would eventually take her life. The prayers were written on anything and everything. Wherever she was, she'd write prayers out. And basically, Mary Lou said, every time my mother inhaled a worry, she exhaled a prayer. She had one rule. You can't worry or have anxiety. You have to actually turn it over to God and let it go and say, this is too much for me. God, you take it. You move powerfully. And when I started reading about these prayers and reading through some, I got thinking about my own prayer life. All the things that I talked to God about, you know, like what if I died and my children had to piece together my prayers? You know, what would it say about me, about my faith, about my trust in God? Would there be a trail of, of, of things that actually showed what was closest to my heart? I want to invite you to go ahead and open your box right now, and you'll see in there today, we have put a pen. This is your own God box. You can take out that pen, and you are free to decorate your box and draw during the service. It's going to be a very kinetic service. Those of you with ADHD, oh, what a gift. You get to draw the whole time I'm up here talking. But notice in there, there's two post-it notes. I know, some of you are like, I only have one. No, pull them apart. There's two of them. And I'm going to ask you to go ahead today and actually write one prayer. If you knew, man, this was closest to my heart. Right now, I need God's power in my life. What would it be? Only two or three sentences. I'm going to ask you to write it twice. Today, you're going to put one in your God box that starts the next 30 days. And the other, you're going to give to us. We're going to collect at the very end, and we're going to pray for you for the next 30 days. It can be completely anonymous. You can date it. Some of you know exactly what it is right now. Others of you are starting to think about this like, what do you mean closest to my heart? Think about this as we talk. What is your prayer? If there was a situation or a crisis in your life, maybe where you just need God's wisdom or discernment, maybe there's a financial need, maybe there's, some of you right now, I can see it. Wow, this is great crowd. A lot of you are writing this down. But here's what we did this past week. I said, well, let's do this as a staff. And so we sent around a God box through the liquid staff, and we say, would you write your name, just kind of your anonymous prayers? Let me show you a little bit what people wrote. This was so interesting. Um, uh, you know, God, please, I pray for the peace and comfort of my grandma during her battle with brain cancer. Maybe somebody in your family is sick. Help me to manage my money wisely, yeah. God, I pray, that, would you send the right guy into my life, right? Okay, that's amazing. And she's married too, so that's a real comment there. And I just said, I just kidding. That's good. God, please, <laughs> please help me find the right job after graduate school. Um, God, would you soften my father's heart that he would actually come to this, this series this fall? God, we need 10 more life group leaders. They wrote all sorts of things in here. And, and I want you to write, what is closest to your heart this morning? If you knew God had the power to do something only he could do in the life of your family or at your work or at your school, what would you write? I, I know when it comes to prayer, people at our church are all over the map. We have people who would consider themselves prayer warriors. In other words, you already have your list drawn up. You didn't need a box. You're like, man, I've been waiting for this. You got up early to pray for even our church services today. That's awesome. But let's be honest. A lot of us maybe have more of a lukewarm prayer life, right? Maybe the most prayer you say is, you know, grace before meals or a bedtime prayer with your kids before bed. And then still others just acknowledge, I'm glad you're here. But you're skeptical. You're skeptical of the whole Christianity thing. And you're like, does prayer even really work at all? I mean, good people pray for all sorts of things, and God doesn't always seem to answer, at least not right away. Mark this. I think this may be one of the most powerful experiences you have, particularly if you're far from God, actually. 
testing God and saying, would you show your presence to me? Because I know prayer is powerful. And I believe the next 30 days could really jumpstart your spiritual life. But that's not my opinion. I want to show you in God's word what it says about the power of prayer. So would you, as you have your God box, open your Bible to Exodus chapter 17. This is in the Old Testament. I want to kick off our series with an ancient passage that really reveals some profound truths about the power of prayer, especially in the battles that we all face. Exodus 17, we'll start at verse 8. And this is about the Israelites, the people of God, led by Moses. And this is an amazing one. I've, I've looked over this passage a few times, but boy, I've never it's spoken to me very quickly. Now, look at this with me. It says, verse 8, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites. So God's people are under attack at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow, I'm going to stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. Now watch this. As long as Moses held up his hands, he's praying to God, the Israelites were what? They were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, guys praying all day, they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. Now watch. Aaron and her held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. In this passage, we see four profound truths about prayer that I want to share with you this morning. I put these in your notes. If you want to follow along, you can fill in the blank. And the first truth we learn is that prayer really is a pipeline to God's power. So you have to understand the context of this story. The Amalekites were one of the most vicious, bloodthirsty tribes in the ancient world. They specialized in raiding nomadic people, people who were walking around in the desert without a home. And they actually killed women and children for pleasure. It wasn't just plundering them. They would kill them for sport. These were wicked people. That's the Amalekites. Now, on the other hand, the Israelites, these are the people of God. You have to understand, they're not military people at this point. In fact, just the opposite. At this moment, they had been liberated from 400 years of slavery under Pharaoh. They'd just seen God send plagues on Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. They couldn't even have food to eat. And God's like, all right, I'll drop a happy meal from heaven every day. They're lost in the desert. No compass, no weapons. They're slave mentality. And Moses is their leader. So understand, Moses sees the Amalekites are coming over the hill. So you got these mercenaries of murder and mayhem. And it's basically the table is set for mass slaughter, okay? It's not a fair fight. But Moses says, I got a strategy. Joshua, I want you to go down to fight the Amalekites, and I'm going to go up on the mountain. You know, you know Joshua's kind of like, wait a minute here. Uh, Hello, where'd you get this strategy from? But look what he does. It says, As Joshua went out, Moses went up on the mountain and he raised his hands to heaven, which is basically a picture of intercession. He's saying, God, you have to intervene in this situation on earth. The power of heaven has to be here or we're screwed. That was his prayer, okay? He's petitioning God on behalf of his people. And when Moses raised his hands, God released his power. It says, as long as Moses held up his hands, God's people were winning. But whenever he stopped praying, the Amalekites were winning. Now, to get this in your head, I want to kind of have, let's have a little fun here. I, I want to kind of bring this to life. Where's my, where's my uh, 
Uh, let's see, do I have a pen? There's a pen. Okay. Put your pen back in the box. Close your box. All right? We're going to have a kind of a fun thing. What I want to do is I want to divide this room in half. So at your campus, I'm dividing it right now down the middle. Everybody on this side, you are going to be, you look actually pretty good. You're going to be the Israelites. You're holy looking this morning, okay? You're God's people. I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying, JP. I look at you. Come on. This side, you are the barbarian horde, okay? You are the Amalekites. Now, here's how we're going to do this. You guys make no noise. Amalekites, are you ready? You're gonna, listen, there's a certain rhythm. That, that, this, is the, this is the war drums. Ready? Boom, bada, boom, 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 bada, boom, 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 bada, boom, 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 bada, boom, boom, bada, boom, boom, bada, boom, boom. Now, on three, you're going to lift your hands and put them over at the Amalekites, and you're going to shake in your boots. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, yeah! Stop! Boom, bada, boom, 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 bada, boom, boom, boom. Ready? Oh, yeah! We're shaking it back and forth. Okay, that's good. That's all. Thank you. Woo! Some, sit down, sir. Okay, that is, thank you. That goes on all day. Back and forth, back and forth. They're battling. They're duking it out on the battlefield. But understand, every time that Moses would say, God, this is your fight. It needs your power. The tide of the battle would change. And that's because prayer is a pipeline to God's power. Have you ever considered that your life, there's a direct connection between the amount of spiritual power that God pours into your life and the frequency and the fervency of your prayers? Because that's what the scripture teaches, that God's power can actually change circumstances and relationships. It can give you victory in battles that are overwhelming. It can heal disease. It can fix marriages. It can meet financial needs, erase debt, spiritual and physical. In fact, God's power can handle any difficulty difficulty or dilemma, especially when the odds are overwhelming. That's what this text says. That God's strength is available to anybody who actually is humble enough to say, this is too much for me, and God, I'm raising my hands to heaven in prayer. Because when I open my hands, I believe you release your strength. Amen? I wonder where you need God's power most right now in your life. I took this... uh, little prayer challenge myself uh, for the last, uh, well, really, I've been doing it for nine days, but I said, I'm going to do this for 30 days back in the spring, but I've just gotten addicted to it. I decided to see what would happen if every month I wrote a prayer, two prayers, one or two every day, and you can see I put it in a little journal because I was like, I can't fit a, a box in my backpack. And so take a look here. What I did is I just kind of began writing. Every day, I would write like, you know, one prayer, and, and, and you could see only one side of the paper, and I'd leave the other side of the paper completely blank. I would simply date it. I would say, God, here's my need. And then whenever God would answer it, on the other side, I would write, God, answer this prayer. You know, 10 days later, look what you did. I wasn't expecting that, and you did this. Well, I began doing this for anything and everything in my life. It has gotten totally addicted, and I am shocked what has happened. I have prayed for, um, take a look at this. Oh, this was a staffing decision we had to make here, discernment for how to lead this church. Here is a prayer of forgiveness. Somebody deeply hurt me. I won't name you. Uh, but I was just like, God, I, I'm not feeling it for this person. But Lord, I'm just releasing them to you. I forgive them as Christ, you have forgiven me. Here's one for a friend's marriage. His spouse was unfaithful, wrecked his heart. And I was like, God, can you bring him comfort? I prayed for my dad's biopsy. He was starting a clinical trial uh, for his cancer. We need wisdom. Should we do this or not? Peace for my mom. She gets very anxious taking him to the doctor. I have in here, oh, this, is, this was devastating. This was, um, we have friends, they actually don't attend this church. They lost their six-year-old son in the spring in, a, uh, in, a, in, a, in an accident. 
And we're just praying, just God, would you pour out your comfort and your balm on their broken hearts? We'd pray for the safe delivery of a child with a heart condition who, who's going home this week from the hospital. I, oh, this is kind of fun. My daughter started middle school, so I prayed, God, any boys who come close, would you treat them like the Amalekites? Would you just kind of strike them down? A friend was having visa problems. Prayer answered. He was going to have to leave the country. He got his visa, and now his family can stay. When I look at what God has answered in my own life, let me show you something. My prayers for our new building at Mountainside, it took 30 pages, okay? It was its own life chapter. We prayed for the zoning board, construction permit, the loan to come through. And finally, let me tell you, when we were waiting for the certificate of occupancy to open this brand new building that we're opening today, um, we prayed for five straight days. And you know when they issued it? The guy came out on Saturday. The office is closed on Saturday. But he said, I want to get here early because I know this, this means a lot to your people. And we received our certificate of occupancy. So you're sitting in a miracle right now in answer to prayer. You understand that? God can do more than you ask or imagine. And it's been the coolest thing to me to look back and see God's faithfulness to my family, to our church. Whenever a prayer was answered, I would just simply flip it over and write on the back the date and praise God, a prayer of thanks for what he's doing. I think this happens all the time in your life. We don't pay attention, though. So the question is, what should you pray about over the next 30 days? The answer is anything and everything. Listen to what James 5 says. Look at this verse. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them what? Pray. Louder. Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Thanks, thankful prayers. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of church to what? To pray over them. And the prayer offered in faith will do what? Watch this. Make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. Even if it's not physical, spiritually lift their spirits. If they have sinned, they'll be forgiven. Now watch. Therefore... Confess your sins to each other, prayers of confession, and pray for each other so that you may be healed because the prayer of a righteous person, let's read these words, is what? Powerful and effective. Do you believe that? Is someone sick in your family? You need to pray for them. Is everybody healthy? You need to pray and thank God. Give them some praise. You need to record your thanks too. Is there, is there sin in your life? Maybe there's a recurring habit or an addiction that you're like, I can't defeat this. This is when you have to call in the big guns. You're drawing on God's power. Put it in the box. Let's bring it to God for 30 days and storm heaven because prayer is a pipeline to God's power. That is the very first thing we learn here with Moses. The second thing is that God hears your cries and he says, I want to fight your battles. Do you notice the context for this story? The people of God are under attack. In other words, this is a story about warfare. And I think it surprises a lot of Christians, particularly in the modern church, that the context of the Christian life is not a cakewalk, it's a battlefield. A lot of people think, well, I'm, I'm giving my life to Jesus because I want everything to go smoothly. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> the Bible says now you're a target. The Bible says Christians face three enemies at all times, the world, the flesh, and the devil. In other words, you are constantly under attack on multiple fronts. I was talking to a friend this week who's divorced. He's actually trying to buy a new house. He's trying to kind of turn the page, uh, get a new chapter in his life. I said to him, I want to buy a new house so that my kids have a place to stay and I can visit with them. And he got all the way through attorney review and called me. He said, I have to meet you, man. I'm just crushed. I said, ah, oh, attorney review, you know, ah, oh, lawyers. And uh, no, he said, no, that's not it. He said, I got through attorney review, but my ex, I haven't heard from her in a year. And she just filed a motion to stop me, to block this. And he was absolutely crushed. He said, Tim, why does it have to be so hard? Why is it such a battle? 
He said, you understand, the devil is real. And he said, yeah, I know where she lives. You know, it's like, I'm not saying your ex is the devil. You know, maybe they're besties. I don't know. Look, I'm just saying. C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis, he said, enemy occupied territory. That's what this world is. That's where you live. And when you pray, you're pushing back against the spiritual realm, the enemy. Not in your power. Don't do that. But in God's. Are you facing a hostile situation right now? Maybe at work? Maybe at school? Maybe in your family where you're powerless, a battle that is too big for you, but that God could actually say, would you call me into that? Because when the battle heats up, we get overwhelmed like the Israelites. We feel outgunned. A lot of us say, well, I'm just going to charge in the battle and start swinging my sword. But you know what? The reality is something very different. This week, I saw this email go around one of our life groups. This is from a young mom in our congregation. She said, I need to ask for prayer. As some of you know, my middle daughter has been fighting something. The doctors aren't sure what it is. She has fevers on and off, muscle pain, urinary issues, a lot of stuff. They've done ultrasounds, blood work, and now they're leaning towards rheumatoid arthritis. It's a little girl. Would you please pray for me? I'm having such a hard time having not, no answers. My little girl can't even walk to the bathroom. Would you pray for her that we find an answer for the right treatment and pray for my other kids as they watch this and my husband as he holds me up while I am crumbling inside. I just need God. I need him desperately. Where do you need God desperately? Because God says, I, I never asked you to fight this battle in your own strength. See, when you put a prayer in the box, when you say, God, this is too much for me, I'm letting it go and, letting, and giving it to you, you are calling down the power of heaven into your life. Prayer is the, you know the declaration of independence? Prayer is the opposite. It's a declaration of dependence. God says, I want you to fight this on your knees. That's what Moses is saying. I can't handle this, God. If, if you're not in this fight, we're dead. And so he sends Joshua to fight, but then he goes up to the mountain to pray. He goes in his prayer closet. And that's what we're going to do for 30 days as a church. We are going to pour out our heart. We're going to invite God into these situations in our life. And we're going to say, God, would you show yourself strong on our behalf? The question is, where do you need God's supernatural power most right now in your life? Are you facing a battle bigger than you? Would you write it down this morning? I'm going to ask you to commit the next 30 days to waiting on the Lord for this. What could happen in 30 days in your family's life? In his book, Too Busy Not to Pray, Bill Hybels writes this. He says, The power you receive directly from the hand of God may come in the form of wisdom, an idea you desperately need and can't come up with yourself. It may come in the form of courage, greater than you could ever muster on your own. It may come in the form of confidence or perseverance, uncommon staying power, a changed attitude towards a spouse or a child or a parent. That happened in my own life. I'm going to tell you about that. God changed my heart on something. 180. Altered circumstances, maybe even outright miracles. However it comes, God's prevailing power is released in the lives of people who pray. I want to see God's power released. I want to see him released and heal that little girl, okay? I've I've been praying for her ever since I read that. I want to see God release his power and bring calm to that mother's anxious heart. I want to see God's power released in your life so that you know God is alive, he is able, he is for you, and he can do more than you exceedingly ask or imagine. Amen? Do you know what my main prayer was back in, in May? I actually wrote this down. I said, God, beyond all you know, the stuff in my own personal life, would you change Liquid Church to become a church of prayer? Because I read that Jesus, Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. And so I said, God, would you actually send your Holy Spirit and do a fresh work and start with me? 
Because you know why? A praying church is a powerful church. Amen? But guess what? The reverse is true. Prayerless Christians are powerless Christians. Notice it says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites are winning. But whenever he stopped praying, what happens? The enemy's winning. In other words, there was a power outage. And if I could just come out and say this, I think there's a power outage in Jesus' church today. Jesus says to you and I as his followers, I am going to give you the keys to the kingdom. In other words, all the firepower and arsenal of heaven is at your disposal, but you leave the door locked and stick your hands in your pockets. It's crazy. When we're faced with adversity in our home, in our jobs, in our marriage, we eke out a little prayer, oh, God, help this. Would you just change them? Whatever. And the moment it doesn't come true, we give up. We're like, well, I guess, you know, prayer doesn't really do anything. We fly the white flag. And then he's like, that was easy. I'm going to China. That's not power. That's impotence. God is omnipotent. His church, in many ways, is impotent. Because we see prayer as a last resort. God says, it's your first response. When are you going to call me into this? Jesus' disciples, they were actually having a hard time. They encountered a suffering boy who was tortured. He actually had, they, they tried to cast out a demon. And they said to Jesus, why were we powerless? We couldn't do this. Why are we powerless against the spiritual forces of evil? You know what Jesus replied? Because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as what? A mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Do you have a mountain you need God to move this fall? Put it in the box. Ask him. See what he will do on your behalf. For the last 14 years, the biggest mountain in my family's life has been my dad's cancer. You know this. My dad was diagnosed with lymphoma at the age of 60. And we were shocked because my dad, he's like, he is a righteous man. He's like Job. He's never had a beer or a cigarette in his entire life. And he has lymphoma. And you know what we prayed there? Because they said, we don't know. It's going to be four months, 14 months. We're not sure. We prayed that God would just lengthen his life because we didn't even have kids at that point. And that was 14 years ago. It was 14 years ago, praise God. And God doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe my family anything. My father has lived to see my children grow up, who are now 9 and 11. My son's name is Dell, named after my dad. I can tell you that God can move mountains. He can do things far more than we ask or imagine. What, what mountain can't you see past right now? in your family's life. I want this to be a mountain-moving church, a prayer-shaking church. You know what Matthew Henry said? When God intends a great mercy for his people, the first thing he does is he sets them a praying. And that's what we're going to do this fall. My prayer is that 3,000 people would take this God box challenge and for the next month commit to do a very simple thing. I want you to write one or two prayers every day and put them in this box. Now, we gave you a start today on this little note. And if you've written one prayer, you're on your way. I want you to date it. You don't have to write your name on it. Fold it over, put it in your box. But write the same prayer again on the second note, because I'm going to send the ushers around in a minute to collect that prayer. And we're going to pray for you for 30 days. It can be completely anonymous, okay? Today, you're writing these two notes. And what I want you to do is put it in your box. In this box, I want you to decorate in such a way that you feel proud to put it wherever is prominent in your world. So let me give you an example. If it's, you know, put it next to your bed. Put it on your kitchen table in your family's home. 
Put it on your desk at work or school or in your locker, whatever. What we've done is we gave you a pen to start this morning, but let me show you some cool things that people have done here. Can I show this to you while you're writing your prayer? Take a look at this. Now, this is pretty cool. I'm not an artist, but this, somebody, one of our graphic designers, he just drew this from hand. He just said, fold your hands. He drew our hands. He said, this is going to be my prayer box. He put some key verses on here. He's like, I always forget to give God thanks. So he put, you know, give thanks to the Lord. He put, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, give God your request. Maybe you're going to put some key verses or phrases around your box, but decorate it however you like. If th- this is like super arty. This is, somebody made theirs very crafty. A woman uh, made it like this. You can see she put like a little heart earring on here. This is her God box, however you want to do it. Doesn't have to be complicated. My daughter drew this one. I said, hey, can you make a God box? She made a peppermint candy cross, okay? I'm just saying. You know, there's like a unicorns and rainbows. It's what it is what it is. It says nothing is impossible. The blind see, the lame walk, the dead live, all because of, of God. You're going to put this box in a prominent place. Maybe it's on your family's kitchen table. And each night you're going to put these in, and we're going to get to pray together as a family. You're going to put them at your work. And guys, can I just talk to the men for here for a minute? I get it. You're like, dude, I ain't putting that on my desk. All right, I get it. You're like, that is super girly. Uh, Ain't going to happen, dude, where I work. I don't care how you decorate the box. Somebody made their box look like a cigar box, okay? I don't care. You can turn it inside out, okay? You can be all like, oh, man, I'm cool. I'm like, my God. Whatever. You can be like, you know, when people see it at work, you just be like, oh, that's my Cuban cigars. That's my Cohibas. I don't care, man. Just put it in a prominent place so that you will see it and it will be a prompt to you to put these petitions for God because for one month, that's what we're going to do. We're going to storm heaven. We're going to bombard with all sorts of big and small requests. Can I just be honest? The reason you need this on your, on your desk at work, some of you are going to face a decision this fall at your work. And you know what? Your MBA wisdom isn't going to give you the right answer. In fact, it may be rigged. And God says, I want to speak to you. But will you actually say, I'm dependent, God, on you for wisdom. I need wisdom in my life beyond my years. Write it down. Ask God to, to uh, direct your path. Maybe it's somebody did this. This is a pretty nice festive one. This is like very autumnal with the leaves in it. Maybe you need prayer for, you know, an addiction, something, you know, with smoking or pills or pornography, whatever it is. You may have tried 12 steps. Have you tried prayer? If you have a child who's struggling or in need of intervention, I want you to pray for them daily, every day, and keep it up. George Whitfield, he is the British evangelist. He kind of catalyzed the Great Awakening. He said this, whole days and weeks have I spent prostrate on the ground, lying on his face in silent or vocal prayer. I read that, and I'm like, holy smokes, I have never spent a day in prayer. And here's the deal. I'm not trying to overwhelm you. Think baby steps, okay? Think baby steps. If you normally pray, what do you do right now for your prayer life? Maybe you pray once a day. Could you pray twice a day for a month? Could you just double it? If you normally pray five minutes in the morning, could you make it 10? If you pray 15 minutes, could you make it 30? Whatever you do this month, I want you to double it, okay, for 30 days, Record your prayers, write them out, and see what God will do. When you inhale a worry, exhale a prayer, put it right in the box. And I'm going to encourage you to write these very short prayers. Notice that they're only a sentence or two. That was part of the secret, and that's why I'm still doing it 90 days later, because I never write more. When I journal, it's like, oh, i got a whole page in front of me. I only write two or three sentences. And then when I see God move, I write the answer. And you know what? It creates this momentum, because when you see God doing this, you're like, God, what can't you do? In your own power, we're powerless, but if God is for you, who can be against you? Amen? You know what I like about this account here in Exodus? I want to end up with this thought. It's so realistic 
Because when you read about people who are prayer warriors, you may be like, man, that, that's just not me. Well, look at Moses. Was Moses able to pray for the whole day? He holds up his hands, and what happens at one point? He's like, God, I'm praying, praying, praying. I'm just tired, man, of praying. You hold up your hands for 15 minutes, see how long you last. But the story here ends with a beautiful picture. Because Moses did not go up on the mountain by himself. Look at verses 12 and 13. It says this. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up. Look at this. One on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. Isn't that beautiful? The first thing we, the final thing you learn about Moses' pattern here is that prevailing prayer requires partners. In other words, at some point, Moses' hands got heavy, and sometimes the burdens that we bear inside are too much to carry alone. And that's why God sends an Aaron, he sends a her into your life to hold up your hands when the burden gets too heavy for you. Galatians 6.2 says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ Jesus. In other words, on the cross, Jesus says, I'm going to take your burdens, your hurts, your sins, all on my shoulders. And now I want you to do that for each other. I'm convinced the reason the majority of Christians have anemic prayer lives is because we just do it in isolation. Yes, there's time to pray alone with God. That's how it begins. But God never intended prayer to be this solo sport. It's like going to the gym. Have you ever noticed when people start exercising, they're all, rah, for three weeks. And then they stop. Check this out. Statistically, when you start an exercise program, you are 80% more likely to be at it a year later if you do it with one other person. Did you know that? That's the power of a partnership. See, the same comes true when you're exercising your spiritual muscle. This God Box campaign is really designed to be done in community, and you need a partner. Now, if you have a family, that's your first choice. It's your spouse. It's your kids. This is an excuse to finally pray together as a family. Most parents want to pray with their children, but we just don't know how. And so we're doing it at the same thing at Liquid Kids this month. They're going to get a God Box too. Put it on the kitchen table. Talk about it each night. Take out your prayers together. Say, look what God did in, in the lives of this is how we train our children. Husbands, do this with your wives. I know it's like, oh, it's awkward. You know, I don't really. This is your chance to be a spiritual leader. But the truth is families that pray together, guess what? Stay together. Now, if you don't have a spouse, pray for a spouse. That's a great thing, okay? But you can pray for your life group, all right? We are asking all of our life groups to turn up the volume on their prayer this fall. I understand. Because when it talks about carrying each other's burdens, man, let me tell you what has happened in our group over the last couple of years. Our, group, our life group meets this Tuesday night, okay? And when I look back over the last two years, what we have gone through, what we have prayed through together, we have survived. We have prayed through breast cancer, a double mastectomy, two job losses, a transfer, a hostile work situation. <laughs> we have prayed over and for our kids, and we have seen God do incredible things in our life group. If you are not in a life group, you need to sign up today. We will help you find one after the service. Just go out to the lobby in the booth that says next steps. We will help you find a group and place you in that today. This is meant to be done in partnership. You are not alone. I have been praying that God would bring 3,000 people to take this challenge this fall because in 30 days, I want your family to have a whole new habit. I want to have the, I, that, was the, that was the year. That was the fall that we started praying together and God did something even more than we even thought. So here's your challenge. You ready for your closing challenge? For one month, make prayer your daily priority. And I am going to help you with this. 
as your pastor, I am going committed to help you learn to pray in a new way the next 30 days. This is my final commitment to you. If you remember in the spring, remember when we read through the New Testament together? Right, that, over 30, that was amazing. And I sent you, I emailed you a daily devotional. I am not going to email you. I was like, how can we make it even easier this time around? And so if you want, I will text you a daily prayer prompt in the morning to your cell phone to nudge you. Hey, this is the moment. I'm going to send you a verse. I'm going to send you a thought. I'm going to send you a little nudge. And if you would like to receive a daily text from me, you can right now take out your cell phone and text prayer to this number. We spelled it out for you, P-R-A-Y-E-R, okay? Text, go ahead, take it right now. You can text it right now. And what's going to happen is I'm not going to spam you. I will text you tomorrow morning for the first time, and then I will text you later in the day. It may be in the afternoon. I may say, whoever you're with right now, just pray for the person on your left. It may be at dinner. It may be after dinner, before bed. I'm going to text you twice a day, once or twice a day, just with a little nudge. It's going to have a verse in it just to kind of encourage you to build that habit so it becomes a daily routine. Just text prayer to that number, and it'll start tomorrow. Guys, God is moved. He's moved. Oh, we're going to get into the Father heart of God. We're going to get into so much. I'm so excited for this. God is moved. Your Father's moved. By persistent, don't text me right now. Someone's trying to text me right now. My thing's going up. Okay. God's moved by persistent prayer, guys. And you may be right today, I get it, you're here, and you're like, I'm not much of a prayer, Tim. Give it a chance. One month could change your life. What goes in the box may actually be a breakthrough here. And I'm going to be praying for 30 days. I'm going to be fasting. If you want to do that, feel free to join me. But I want you right now, to put that one prayer in your box to begin today. And the other one, I'm going to call the ushers forward at each campus. So ushers, would you come forward with our popcorn buckets? You can just take that note, date it. Don't have to put your name on it. One goes in your box. The other goes in the popcorn bucket. I am excited about this, guys. I think God is going to do some incredible things as we pray each day one or two things and then track how he responds all right, let's pray together right now. Father God, we're, we're, we're offering up these prayers to you in faith. Lord, there are people who are sick and in need of your touch on their physical body. There are relationships that require healing, Lord, emotional healing. We need spiritual freedom, God. There are people who are in throes of addictions and petitions. Lord, there are unspoken requests that are so far beyond our ability to cope with. But right now, we take a bold stand in the name of Jesus Christ. As his followers, we are forgiven and cleansed by his blood. And now we ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Would our prayers be powerful and effective? God, would you let testimonies just kind of burst forth out of this church? We thank you for the miracle of mountainside. We praise you and give you thanks. You can do all things, God. And right now we are placing our trust and faith in you. So, Lord, as we lift these up to you, we open our hearts to what your Spirit's going to do, and we ask all glory to go to Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And everybody said together, amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.